One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I don't think it was really like a big deal. There were just two single people that are decent looking in like Mexico that like just decided to make out. We've had 900 conversations about it and he's told me a hundred times like I'm not interested in her. Nothing's ever going to happen. It's people like change their it's mind too they... close to home. Like it's the aftermath that like. Like what aftermath are you going to have to deal with? Well, they're not friends anymore. So there's an aftermath and now it's going to make it really difficult for her and Raquel to be friends. She's a yeah. whore. She's not a f***ing whore, She's not a I mean, Tom has also had a habit of sticking his tongue where it doesn't belong. He's done that, like, four times while we were together. So, like, this shouldn't be that shocking or surprising to me, I guess. Yeah. It shouldn't. If you're not with somebody and they do something stupid like they that... They made a deal. They made a deal. Woo. There's a lot going on. A lot going on indeed, Mary Cosby. Now, that was a clip from this week's episode of Vanderpump Rules, and I'm not even joking when I say that there were moments I was watching this week's episode, and my jaw was on the floor. I had to lift it up off the ground because I was so shocked at what was happening on screen. And obviously, we're viewing these episodes through the lens of Scandal. So we have a lot of information coming at us at real time from Howie Mandel and from TMZs at the airport. And so we're getting all this information and podcasts and everything that's happening in real time. And then we're watching these episodes that were filmed months and months ago. And this was the first week where I felt like I was really watching it through the lens of Scandal. And it was shocking to me. There were moments that were just so surprising. Not to mention the fact that we also got to meet Satchel. I was not expecting to meet a man named Satchel. And then suddenly I sit down as if the Scandal wasn't enough. Now I got to be introduced to this man, Satchel. 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 That was his name, Satchel. I saw that man. I said, damn. Damn. Damn, Satchel. I could not believe we were meeting a man named Satchel. We have so much to talk about. Also, The Real House is New Jersey. I'm in love with Jen Fessler. I'm in love with Jen Fessler. Fessler, Fessler, am I saying that right? Who knows? Last week on the show, she revealed that she had James Gandolfini inside of her. She had his gabagool inside of her. Rita Moreno. That's right. I fell in love with her when she said that. And I love her even more this week. She's got an easy, breezy beautifulness to her on screen that I... The first episode I saw Jen Fessler, when she was doing all that mozzarella work, remember they did that mozzarella party? I felt like she was doing too much for the cameras. And now this week, I felt like she was so relaxed on camera when they were in that Sprinter van. So we're going to talk about it all. We have so much to discuss. And we were off last week. I was on tour. And if you came to the tour, thank you so much. We had the best time. I really had the best time. Sister Circle, we're not going to talk about what we talked about because it all stays in those rooms. But it was so much fun. And hopefully, I'll be able to announce in the summertime those fall tour dates because we just had the best time. So hopefully, you'll be able to come out towards the end of the year to see everything Iconic Live and see me live because we really did have so much fun. And it was, I'm not a best, I'm not the best traveler. You guys know that. I don't like traveling. I don't like airports. Not only that, the airports are always delayed. There was one flight that was two hours late because they didn't have a pilot. Like that was the only excuse we were given was like, there's no pilot. And people at the gate were like, well, 
what do you mean there's no pilot? They're like, oh, he just, no pilot showed up. <laughs> We're like, what? And then the next flight, the flight home, uh, was delayed for hours and hours. And so the on the last flight, this is funny, quickly, quick little travel detour. So on the, la- the last one, it was another delay, and we ended up getting like free lounge passes for one of those um, airport lounges. And in those airport lounges, they have like a little buffet station lined up. And there was this woman. It was all very crowded in the lounge because I think so many flights were grounded or delayed. I, I guess there were no pilots there either. Anyway, we're I, it's in line for the buffet. And you know when somebody's kind of like in your personal space, right? Like they're just so close to you. And they're also trying to like do these bits. And so I'm in the buffet line grabbing some salad and some sort of they had those a lot of bars, you know, dessert bars. It was like lemon bars and M&M bars and all the bars. I felt like I was in the Midwest, even though I wasn't. Anyway, I love a bar. So I was grabbing, of course, a nice bed of lettuce and then a bunch of bars. That's my uh, food pyramid right there. So I'm grabbing my bars and this woman is just like kind of in my space. Like she's just reaching over me to grab the buffet tongs and I'm just smiling and I'm trying to be nice because obviously everyone's delayed and everyone's in a bad mood. So nobody is nice to each other. But this woman, she was just in my grill. And she kept saying, at the buffet line, she's talking to people and she's just go, who has the beef? Who has the beef? Who's got the beef? Now, at first I had no idea. I thought she was just looking for some sort of red meat. Like that's uh, where my head initially went. And she kept doing it and she was doing it in a sticky way. Like who has the beef? And she was like looking at people and like, you know, when you toast with someone and you're supposed to look them in the eye so that your toast comes true or whatever, it's good luck. And so she was like looking at everyone directly in the eye. And she did it to me like I think two or three times where she just looked me directly in the eye as she was reaching over me for a tong to get one of the bars. And she looks me direct dead in the eye and she just goes, who has the beef? And kind of does it in a sing-songy way, like, who has the beef? And then it dawns on me, she's doing that slogan, which is, where's the beef? Do you remember? <laughs> Do you remember that slogan, where's the beef? I think it was like from the 80s or something, maybe a Wendy's or McDonald's commercial. There was some commercial or something where it was, where's the beef? Now, I don't know if that's since been updated to a commercial where it's, who has the beef? But I just assume, I think she was just doing it wrong. Like, I think she was just getting the slogan wrong. And also, it's like a pretty odd slogan to be like at a stranger, just looking him dead in the eye and be like, who has the beef? (laughs) And so I just sort of ignore it. And then I go sit down, Matt got us some chairs. And of course, there were barely any chairs in this little lounge because so many people were in there. And so, of course, this woman then is sitting right next to me in the lounge with a plate full of salad and bars. And I'm trying to enjoy my food pyramid meal. And she sits down right smack dab next to me, like so close. Like I could, I could feel her breath. Like that's how, that's how bad it was. And then she continues to at one point nudge me. You ever get nudged? I'm talking like they fold their elbow and they nudge you. And so I'm sitting down with Matt and I couldn't even tell Matt. I couldn't say to him, this woman kept saying, who has the beef? And so then she nudges me and she's like, does he have the beef? And Matt's like, what the fuck is going on? Like we're, (laughs) we're both like, what the fuck is going on? Why does this woman keep yelling who has the beef at me? And so I'm like, I, I laugh along. I'm like, ha he doesn't, I don't know who has the beef. Like, we're not sure. Like, I'm just having my salad. <laughs> and then she's got a man with her. And these, this was an older couple. And she's got a, I am assuming uh, she had a wedding ring on. So I'm assuming it was the husband or some, I don't know, this older gentleman. 
And so he's just like shaking his head at this woman because I'm assuming, and I made up a whole backstory in my head that this couple had been married for a long period of time. And so, you know, when you're together a while, sometimes everyone, someone's got their bits like Matt, my boyfriend, we've been together three, 13 years. And I feel like he's got his bits and sometimes you're in public and they're doing the bits and you're just like rolling your eyes, especially when you're tired or delayed for a plane. But this woman has made it her bit to say who has the beef. And I was thinking like, how long has this been going on that this woman, this couple is traveling around, around the world and just, she's just meeting people and saying, who has the beef? And she's been saying it wrong. I'm like, did the husband at one point say, you're saying it wrong? Or again, maybe it's on me. Maybe I missed it and there's some sort of update. But this woman, she might as well have been wearing a fucking t-shirt that said, I'm looking for the beef or who's got the beef. And it's like, what is going on? But I, so it wasn't, that was not necessarily the high point of travel, but uh, she's been looking for the beef and she just sat down next to me trying to enjoy my bars. And eventually I had to go and just sort of smile at her and and like, good luck finding the beef, you know, I don't know. But I didn't even know that was something people still said. Who has, where's the beef or who has the beef? Where's the beef is the initial saying, right? It's not who has the beef. Am I crazy? Just shouting who has the beef at everyone. And again, looking directly into the eye. Like she was looking into my soul asking me for the beef. I'm like, I don't have your fucking beef lady. Like grab some lettuce and move on. Like, what are you doing sitting next to me? I'm sorry. And I try to be nice. You know, of course, when you're traveling, that's the only time tensions are high. And so I try to remind myself, like, be nice, especially to the gate agents and everybody, because everyone's stressed. Everybody is stressed. And so I was reminding myself, be nice. But this woman kept doing the bit to me. So if she's out there, if she's out there, I hope she found the beef. And (laughs) I hope she found the beef. Anyway, what were we talking about? Okay, Vanderpump Rules. We got to talk about this. We got to discuss. I, we sort of talked. There was a bonus episode last week. I don't know if you listened with my friend Hannah Brown. It's super fun. But we talked a little bit about the Howie Mandel interview, which I'm not sure if people got to catch up on. It was wild stuff. At the end of it, it ended with Howie Mandel, of course, who I know from the show Bobby's World, getting his mustache shaved. And I don't know if we fully broken down how batshit insane that was, the fact that Howie Mandel shaved his Tom Sandoval's mustache on a podcast episode. But tr- shocking stuff. And I once watched a woman throw her leg at a restaurant on The Real Houses of New York, and yet still I think maybe one of the most shocking things I've ever seen in the world of Bravo is Howie Mandel shaving Tom Sandoval's mustache. Because, by the way, I always say, if we could go back in time and tell our younger selves, earlier versions of ourselves – about what's happening on our TV screens, we would all be fucking shocked. Because imagine you go back in time to the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, little Dan is watching Bobby's World Saturday morning cartoon, which was starring Howie Mandel. It was basically like Seinfeld, but for cartoon version of Howie Mandel, which is a fucking crazy sentence, by the way, that I just said. Anyway, imagine little Danny watching Bobby's World. Danster sitting in front of the TV. Imagine going to tell him, hey, one day Howie Mandel's going to be shaving some reality star's mustache live on a podcast after his uh, scandal. I mean, it's crazy shit. It's crazy shit. And everything we're dealing with is crazy. I mean, I mentioned a man named Satchel. What the fuck is that? Now, I uh, I don't have kids myself. We do eventually want children. And so I'm not quite up to date with what people are naming their children. But apparently, one of them's named Satchel. And so I was just not expecting that. I did a little Tim Allen, huh? Like, I was so surprised, like, with this. And Satchel, that anytime I hear that word, I think of Kelly Kalor and Ben Simone, real estate maven, 
if you follow her on TikTok, she, remember at Scary Island, she's like, satchels of gold. Remember, she wasn't saying anything that made any fucking sense. She was just on Scary Island. Real House in New York, season three, the best vacation, in my opinion. And she was just shouting, satchels of gold, Al Sharpton. She was just spewing nouns. I mean, Kelly Ben Simone's going to grow up to be one of those people who's just at the airport yelling, who has the beef? <laughs> that was like Kelly Ben Simone from the future, I think, at the airport was just that woman. Because I could imagine Kelly Ben Simone in an airport lounge somewhere just yelling satchels of gold and people being so confused at what the woman's saying. Anyway, that's what I think of when I hear the word satchel. Satchel, satchel, satchel. Uh, anyway, let's go back back to the beginning because this whole episode, you guys, three pages of notes. Sit tight, little bear. And then Jersey, too. I'm going to talk about the rat of it all, which I know I'm jumping around a lot. I know I'm jumping around a lot. But I do have to say, in terms of the rat of it all on New Jersey, because there's this whole thing, one of the women called the other women a rat. And in Jersey, they say, like, that's the worst thing. And y'all know that I have always had a fear of rats. I mean, like a deadly fear. I always say I'd rather be face-to-face with a grizzly bear. And I was talking to my friend, a therapist, who's, she said... When it comes to fears, you have to start re, uh, reframing your fears in your head. So, for instance, the example she gave me is if you're someone who's afraid of heights, when you think about being on the top of a building, you're thinking about death and how if you were to fall off that building, you would be at your doom. You know, like that's how you are thinking about in your head if you're afraid of heights. Whereas she said you have to start reframing it over time. So if you think about being on the top of the building, you have to reframe it in your head as look at this beautiful view of the world, right? Like, so you turn it into a positive instead of thinking it as a negative. And so I've been really trying over time to do that with rats because I hate rats. And so this has nothing to do with New Jersey, by the way, nothing to do with New Jersey, but you got to hear this. So I have been trying to reframe rats in my brain, (laughs) which is crazy. But so I've been trying to think of them like at their little homes, like with eating like their stinky cheese or I do mice, mice eat cheese. Do rats, rats eat everything, right? But I try to think of all them little rodents just sitting in their cute little cubbies, eating stinky cheese and like having a good kiki around the dinner table. You know, I've been trying to reframe it because I have like a, some people are scared of like snakes or other things, but to me it was always like little rodents. Like I don't like their beady little eyes. Or even like the raccoons at night. Like, I don't like any of the beady little eyes, or I don't even love a chipmunk or a, a squirrel. And so with rats and mice, I just try to think of them in a little cubby. And so maybe that'll help some of you out there. I don't know, because I heard it. And so I'm taking it as fact. And there's a therapist friend who told me, reframe it, reframe whatever your fear is, reframe it in your brain. Anyway, let's go back to Vanderpump Rules, because uh, we opened this week, Sheena and Brock and Marina Del Rey. And they're writing thank you notes. Now, I have a problem with this. I have an issue with this because Brock was like, oh, can I just sign my name? And Sheena, I don't know if you saw the thank you note that they did a little close-up on. She wrote a nice long-ass letter. And then Brock's like, oh, I'll just sign my name. And I'm like, these men sometimes can be so useless. Like, Sheena did the whole fucking wedding. She planned that whole thing, which was outside of a hotel. And Brock went through with it. I'm not saying Brock didn't do anything for the wedding, but I would just imagine that she, she did most of the work for that wedding. Not to mention now she's doing all the thank you notes and all this man is doing is signing his name. It's like, Brock, get to work, pick up the pen and do it. It's like, nobody wants to work these days. It seems like nobody wants to work these days. Like, get your ass up and write a thank you note. Get your ass up and write a thank you note because I, and this is going to be controversial. 
guys, I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but isn't Sheena the primary breadwinner at that household? So couldn't at the very least Brock be writing these thank you notes? I mean, it's such an antiquated, like the women are doing the thank you notes. These men need to write the thank you notes. These men do because I'm so sick of it. It feels like I felt like I was watching an episode according to Jim, like what or King of Queens or something like one of those old CBS sitcoms with a the schlubby guy and the hot wife and the hot wife's got to do everything. And the schlubby guy's just an idiot who's like lazy and can't do nothing. I'm like, Brock, write the thank you note. And I like, I've been very uh, complimentary towards Brock. You know, I think that man is very attractive, very attractive, especially with the haircut. Woo! Very attracted to that man, but I just don't want him to be useless. Get your ass up and write a thank you note. Then we see Allie and James together. Another controversial take. I love Allie now. Wasn't expecting it. I think when she came on the screen, I was a little confused because remember she said to Rachel, she sat her down, she said, I took your life or I'm, I'm basically you. You know, it was a really awkward moment. And so I thought with Allie that we were getting like a Raquel 2.0. And it turns out, I think Allie actually not only seems very mature, she seems to leave when she's uncomfortable with what James is saying or doing. She just seems to have a very mature way about her, despite the fact that she does look very young. She looks young, and I think she's in her late 20s. And that's a compliment. I mean, she a beautiful gal, but she looks very young. Like, I wish I looked younger than I am. And so I do think that I prejudged Allie, and I wasn't interested. And now I think she's my favorite person on the show. Oh, and then she was the one. She was the smoking gun. So Allie, it all comes back to Allie now, because she was at the Abbey, which is an infamous gay bar in West Hollywood here in California. And she was at the Abbey, and so she saw Rachel and Tom Sandoval together at the Abbey at 1 a.m., and she told James, she told the whole group, she said, look, I saw them at the Abbey at 1 a.m. I wouldn't be happy about it. And by the way, for people not in California, I say it's a gay bar, but at this point, the Abbey is frequented probably by more straight people. It's like a bachelorette place. Like, that's what it's become. And I love the Abbey. It's a great bar. But it's not quite like when I say gay bar, it's only gay people there because now it's pretty, it's essentially a straight bar that's marketed as a gay bar. Does that make sense? That's what the Abbey has become. Beautiful place. Love it. But... Allie saw them there. And then not only that, but also in the early scene, she shaded Tom Schwartz. She said he's 40 40 years old and wears PJs out. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. She's shading Tom Schwartz. And I think Schwartz and uh, Tom, or Tom Schwartz and DJ James Kennedy are obviously coming to blows. We saw that in the sneak preview for next week. But I, I, that, that relationship dynamic is one we got to keep our eyes on. Got to keep the eyes on those two, because I feel like it's not only going to blow up next week, I don't know if they could come back from it. And there are these rumors that at the reunion, there were two men that got in a fight, and then I had heard it was Schwartz and DJ James Kennedy. So I don't know. I don't know. A lot going on. Ooh, a lot going on. Then we see a scene, uh, Raquel and Charlie, they're taking uh, content photos, I guess for uh, Hinge profile photos or something. And Charlie has gotten edited out of this season. I don't care for it. There's also a lot of scenes with Katie and Charlie that we're getting as flashbacks. And that's weird to me. Like, it seemed like Katie and Charlie filmed together quite a bit. And yet we're only seeing it in the form of flashbacks, which is interesting. But Charlie does say, I want to do that to my worst enemy in regards to Rachel making out with Tom Schwartz. And I agree with Charlie. And I also have to say, though, it's been this very interesting shift, which happens with any sort of discourse or anything. Everyone wants to give their opinions, of course, on the scandal of all of it all. 
And there's been an interesting shift where there's now so many people defending Rachel and Tom. And I I get like almost like an underdog thing, right? Like those two have essentially become the underdogs. And I get the human instinct. And I said this at the live shows, but I and and maybe in my interview with Katie too, but it's like you want to root for the underdog, right? Like in if it's human nature to want to find empathy about someone or especially when they're going through something so incredibly public as all these people on the show are going through it. This has been national news. And so you want to find something, but I haven't been able to find a thing. Do you see that whole Miraval thing that happened at the spa? So Tom was like going to Miraval and then Miraval posted about it. Now I thought actually I was siding with Tom Sandoval on this initially because Miraval is this like spa getaway place, right? went there on the Real Houses of Orange County. And so I guess Sandoval allegedly was going there. And then Miraval on their Instagram, I hope I'm saying their name right, Miraval, Miraval. Anyway, on their Instagram, they had posted a picture of the bar and a caption that said, these are the best days of our life. Like essentially confirming that Sandoval was going to be at the spa or was already at the spa. Now, I do want to also point out that this is not a rehab. This is not Betty Ford. This is Miraval. We saw it on the Real House of Orange County. This is a retreat place that you go to relax. So this is not Betty Ford. So anyway, then at Tom Sandoval, I'm on his side. I saw that from Miraval or whatever the fuck it's called. And I thought that's inappropriate of them. They they are a place of business. I didn't think it was right that they did that. And then he loses me because then he posts this whole thing on his Instagram story I would imagine the behind the scenes mechanics of it was that this place reached out to him and said, Hey, you want to come stay here for a week for free? We'll give you a free stay. And obviously that comes, nothing's free. Nothing is free. Everything has a price. Everything has a breaking point and everything has a price. And so obviously if somebody, if a place of establishment is reaching out saying, Hey, do you want to come here for free? That means they're going to publicize it. Now they did it in a covert way, but If he was just a paying customer, and I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I read Tom's response to it as he was getting it for free. And so there's a price. Nothing is free. we got to remember that. It's a lesson for us all. Anyway, uh, back to my original point. It's like you want to find, I want to find ways to empathize with these two because I do feel like they've been villainized for the whole world despite they made these mistakes. However, they're not giving me any opportunity because Rachel's uh, taken advantage of the law. She not only said that she, she cold cocked her ass, her Bambi eyed ass, and then she didn't even show to court, which leads me to believe that she just did it so she'd get out of filming the reunion with she, she, which is unacceptable to take care of, uh, to take advantage of the court system that way. And then uh, to also be faking an injury like that, allegedly. And then again, we've already talked about those paparazzi photos where Raquel was going over to their house that Ariana still co-owns. So they're, neither one of them is giving any opportunity for us to feel sorry for them. So those of you out there who are defending them, look, I get the human instinct to do that, but I think you're wrong because there's not really, they're not really giving us any opportunity. Even that Howie Mandel interview, I didn't feel did him any favors. And obviously, everybody's been saying since that Howie Mandel interview, like how bad it made Howie and Tom Sandoval look. So it's like, we want to find something, but so far they haven't given us nothing. Haven't given us nothing. Anyway, let's get back to the episode. So then oh, we see the Schwartz and Sandy's not going to be opening on time. The Booth guy quit. Is that what his name? The Booth guy? They kept saying Booth guy. And Tom Sandoval's reaction was, can we throw him more money? Can we give him more money? The booth guy who quit. 
And that was giving Craig from Southern Charm. Anyone watching uh, on Winter House, do you remember that episode of Winter House where Craig came in and he's like, who can I pay for this room? And there's just this like, the idea that you could just pay people off and stuff, it was just a really gross thing. And that's how I felt uh, Tom Sandoval's, he was giving Craig Conover. He was giving Craig Conover because Craig did that, I think on Summer House this season. I feel like Craig has said multiple times on that show or on Winter House or I don't know which house he's in. But I feel like he th- tries to throw like money in the situation or he tries to say, well, how much can I pay for that to go away or shit like that? And that just bugs me. It just bugs me. Anyway, the guy, is his name Brett? The other guy, he had to let the kitchen manager go. And they're freaking out. And Tom Sandoval says, I'm paying for it, motherfucker. We got to open. We got to open. It just has to be a B plus. He says, uh, performers, no one ever performs at an A plus. He's like, so we got to open this restaurant, even if it's just a B plus. Said, no one ever performs at an A-plus level. And I thought, you shouldn't say that while you're on tour. He's doing that Tom Sandoval and the most extras. And he's essentially on screen saying, no one ever performs at an A-plus level. Anyway, then we see at Tom and Ariana's house, Katie, Parisian Katie, shows up in a sweater vest with some cheese. Stupid looking hat. And that hat, you guys, every time she wears one of them Parisian hats, I'm sorry. She's a beautiful gal. But I am just, I can't get on board with them hats, them Parisian hats. Every time I see it, she did it in the one other episode. Every time I see it, I think of SpongeBob, that meme of SpongeBob where he's dressed in Parisian outfit. Do you know what I'm talking about? He's holding like a baguette, SpongeBob SquarePants. It's, look it up, just type in SpongeBob Parisian or something like that. And you'll see what I'm talking about. That's every time I see Katie with that hat, I just immediately... That's where my head goes, is SpongeBob SquarePants with baguette. And look, I love what she showed up with. Cheese. I mentioned stinky cheese earlier. Nothing better than some cheese in a picnic basket. But it was shocking. And the sweater vest, too. I was like, what temperature is it in Los Angeles? I'm not sure at the time. And by the way, when we were out of town, I was shopping. And I'm trying to keep up with fashions. I even followed some TikTok accounts that are like men's fashions. And the youths, I don't understand... I mean, maybe Katie's on trend because she's dating Satchel now. He, what, isn't he 25 years old? So I guess Katie's learning the fashions from Satchel. So I need to get on board because my, I went into an H&M and when I was, we went to some mall, you know, I love a mall. I'm very into mall culture. And so I went into an H&M at the mall. All the outfits look like things from like the late nineties. And so instinctively my brain is like, that's off trend. Like that's, uh, that's way past its due date, right? Like that, I, that's what I'm feeling with all these fashions. And then I go on TikTok and it's like, no, the youths are wearing that kind of stuff. And so even Abercrombie and Fitch is back now, you guys. Abercrombie and Fitch now, the youths are wearing it. I bought a pair of jeans that were Abercrombie. And like, what am I doing? I don't understand what's happening with the world and the youths. And I'm trying to keep up. But so I, look, essentially that's to say, I guess Katie's right. She's got satchel on her side. I, I don't know. But I'm trying. I'm doing my best. And on TikTok, you can follow these guys that tell you what to wear and how to do it and stuff like that. And, uh, I'm learning. But uh, the uh, I don't understand it. And even uh, even Tom Sandoval in that one TMZ video, he was wearing a Von Dutch hat. I'm like, Von Dutch? What is going on? Am I just, am I just crazy? Uh, anyway, so uh, Katie arrives at Tom and Ariana's to make some sandwiches in her sweater vest, and they signed a lease for the sandwiches. Sandoval says he's jealous. He sticks up for Schwartz when they start talking about Raquel and Schwartz making out at Mexico. And Ariana is sticking up for Rachel, too. We heard that clip. And it's just, that's the thing that really, my dad used to say, nothing gnaws at my craw like this. When he would be mad at something, he'd say, 
that gnaws at my craw. And so I was watching this, and it gnawed at my craw that Ariana was there sticking up for Rachel after what she put her through. I mean, it's just disgusting. And then also, I hate that Katie is sitting there, and she has to say, like, oh, well, my ex-husband already cheated on me four other times, so I shouldn't be surprised. And it's like, oh, my God, that man, that man cheated on her four times. Like, are we forgetting that? Uh, And then Sandoval just sticking up for them. And there were so many moments, and Sandoval is, like, giving these, like, even that later scene with Lisa Vanderpump when they're sitting down at Sir, he's like doing these like really creepy looks. Not only is he sticking up for this craziness, but then he's also like doing these very creepy looks, both at Rachel, then at the camera, then at LVP. I mean, it's like really weirding me out. It's really weirding me out. But he's sitting there and he's sticking up for them. And Katie's saying like, well, he wouldn't like it if I hopped on all his friends' peens. And you know how I feel about the word peen. I do not care for that word. Say anything else instead of peen. Penis, dick, cock, anything. Sorry for the language. But she's right. Tom Schwartz wouldn't be happy if she was hooking up with Sandoval or anyone else, DJ James Kennedy or one of the other men in the group. And so it's like Schwartz couldn't, that sexless kiss that he had with Rachel. I've never seen something less uh, sexy or romantic in my life. But when the two of them kissed, it was like, you could have gone anyone else than like the coworker on the show. Like at least Katie found Satchel's gold somewhere else. And so I, I don't know. I don't know. But Sandoval, it's, it's so weird to me that he's also like sticking up for them, knowing that we, we know now that he was already in a thing with Rachel at this time. We learned that from Howie fucking Mandel. And so as he's sticking up for him, I'm like, you just need to shut the up. You just need to shut the fuck up because. You just shouldn't be saying this. You shouldn't be saying this. And then we learn about this Joe, who I've been wondering who this mysterious Joe is. And then we find out, you guys, this was crazy to me. This whole show is crazy. We find out Joe was Kristen, Kristen Doty's crazy friend. That's how Katie says it. She says, Joe is the crazy friend of Kristen Doty. She said, if you're the crazy one in Kristen Doty's circle, you need to look inward. And that was shocking to me. And that's another setup for Kristen Doty's return. We know she's coming later in the season. She's going to be, she filmed a scene. Whew, yeah, I don't know. The whole thing is chilling. Everything's chilling. I got the effing chills like Whitney Wild Rose. Then we see James Kennedy at Sir. He's DJing. I, I think we might have mentioned this multiple times, but DJ James Kennedy's body is looking really good this season. Is anyone else feeling that way? He's like really fit and lean. I don't know. I'm very attracted to him and I shouldn't be. I get that. I get that. Uh, LVP shows up though. She tells the host at the host stand not to chew no gum. And then James says to her that Rachel and Tom Schwartz had made out in Mexico. And he says, it's all the guys that, sir, who's next? Who's next? And then they cut to the Toms, you guys. Oh, and it's moments like that. It's moments like that that I get the goosebumps. On my arms, I get the chills. Like R.L. Stein, I get goosebumps. It's crazy to me. And the way that this was the scene where Tom Sandoval was just looking at Raquel with that mustache and the beady little eyes like a raccoon at night. I mean, that's how I felt like I was looking at one of them critters I don't like. That's every time Tom Sandoval is looking over at Rachel or looking at the camera, I'm like, oh, it's a weird kind of smile. It's like he knows what's going on. And then it was so strange to me. It's like he supposedly likes this woman, but then he's like, oh, yeah, Katie called you a whore. And LVP's like, why did you tell her that? And I know it's a TV show. It's a TV show, so he's got to tell her that. But it's weird. And LVP even noticed it, too. She said, why do you like this so much? You've got a smile on your face. Ooh, it's weird. It's weird. And then Rachel, she's like, oh, 
kissing makes you a whore now? She's like, ah, it does not. And she says, she, in her confessional, she's crying. She says, the girls really drain her battery. And again, this season would have been totally different, I think, if the scandal didn't happen. I think we would be looking at Rachel and all of the women on the show through a different lens. Like, I think the Lala stuff would have landed with a dud when it came to Rachel. And I think we all would have sided with Rachel knowing what, without knowing what we know now, because I think Lala would have come across as mean to Rachel because we're getting these very vulnerable moments with Rachel in the confessionals. And we did in that one scene when they were in the Lake Havasu or whatever in the car. And so that would have landed totally different if we didn't know what we know now. And that's, she even says, Rachel says, I don't appreciate being slut shamed about a kiss. I don't know. And Sandoval says Raquel doesn't have a bad bone in her body. And I'm like, yeah, just yours. You asshole. Shut the up. Yeah. Anyway, I do not care for them. I do not care for that man. Then we see Lala, Katie, Christina, and Allie at Lala's house. A lot of patterns at the house. I think we talked about her blanket that she took to Vegas in Havasu. But I notice in Lala's house, just a lot of pattern work. And I'm no interior designer. I don't know if that's on trend or not, but I noticed lots of patterns. My eyes caught it. I felt like I was looking at one of the magic eyes in the Sunday newspaper. Remember they used to do those in the 90s? Which I could never do. I don't know if it's just because I, I could never do. You know what I'm talking about, those magic eyes. You're supposed to... Put them real close to your face and then slowly take them away and you see different shit. I could never do that. It was actually, that's honestly one of the things that has haunted me most throughout my entire life. My entire existence. I think about the magic eyes. And we would get the Sunday plane dealer in Cleveland. And I would, every single week, you guys, every single week I'd grab the comic section. And the comic section always had the magic eye. So I'd read my Garfield. I'd check out Dilbert, see what uh, that Ack woman was up to. What was her name? <laughs> what was the woman who got Ack? Kathy. Always seeing what Kathy was up to. Oh, Kathy was always doing some shenanigans. And I was like, what's Kathy doing this week? You know, a little closeted gay boy. <laughs> I don't know why my parents didn't know I was gay. I was always looking for the Kathy comic in the Sunday news. Anyway, I was like, give me the Kathy comic and then let me try to do the magic eye. So then I tried to do the magic eye and I could never get it. My brothers, I would, my brother Brian, my brother Gary, I'd give it to them. I'd say, what do you see? And they'd always know, they'd see something. And I'd be like, I can't see a fucking thing. Not one thing in the magic eyes. And I don't know what's wrong with me, if it's my eyes or what, what it is. But I'm like, why can't I see uh, any of it? Because I want to have a magic eye. The only magic eye I got is to view a Kathy comic. Ack! <sighs> anyway, it haunts me in life. It haunts me in life. Uh, so anyway, the scene in Lala's house. She reveals it's her birthday. Katie's going to bring a man to the birthday party named Satchel. Apparently he came from Morocco. And he brought her bowls from Morocco, which is nice. But no one in the group has met him yet. And I was so nervous to meet him. I also, I kind of want one of Satchel's... <laughs> I kind of want one of Satchel's bowls. I had this thing recently where like, I've really been interested in pottery. It's, it's sort of a dream and a goal of mine. So anyone follow Seth Rogen on Instagram, I'm like obsessed with his pottery, his pots. And I know he sell. I think he sells them on his website or something. He also has got the weed company, but he does all this pottery work, like in the movie ghost with Whoopi Goldberg, Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore. And ever since I saw a ghost, I wanted to be able to do pottery. Remember, they were doing it all centrally, and Unchained Melody was playing. And ever since I saw that movie in 1990 as a five-year-old boy, I wanted to do central pottery. Never did it. Much like the magic eye, I was never able to tackle that. 
Anyway, then I started seeing Seth Rogen do it. And now all I want to do is, it's like a goal of mine on my bucket list to learn how to do that. I need to set up a space. But anyway, so I've gotten really into that. And I love the idea of having your dishware be unique and different and whatever. And I know if I were to learn pottery, like mine wouldn't look very professional. Like I'm no Seth Rogen when it comes to pottery. But eventually I want to have all of my dinnerware to be like unique individual. I want it to all match. Uh, but so anyway, maybe maybe the first step to that is getting Satchel to bring me some bowls from Morocco. Is that the kind of bowls they were talking about? Or is it a different bowl? Anyway, you guys, we should take our break here. We have so much more to talk about. Truly, we got to talk about that whole egg freezing thing. We got to talk about the pony that passed away. God bless. And then Jersey. So let's take our break here. I want to thank Acast. Find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Also, I do a Patreon page, which is where you can get bonus episodes of everything iconic. I do just one a month, and I recap the movie or the TV show Sex in the City. So if you want access to those bonus episodes, you can go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash everything iconic. And if you donate four dollars or more per month, you get access to those bonus episodes. Again, it's just one a month. Very low stakes, but we have a good time over there. And then also want to recommend that you pre-order my book, The Jolliest Bunch, available wherever books are sold. And we'll be right back. Look, the weather's getting warmer. You got to ditch the jackets, the sweaters, and you got to put on some shorts and tees. And if you're anything like me, you hate getting all the new stuff. But luckily, I've found Quince, and Quince makes it so easy uh, to get clothes. I used to waste my money on clothes that would only last one season. That was until I found out about Quince. Now I've got high-quality pieces that never go out of style that I'll be wearing year after year. Quince has all of the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos. Those are my personal favorite. I always love getting new polos for the summertime, and they have a fantastic selection. I'm very particular about the collar, and I love the collar on the performance polos that I got. They also have versatile flow-knit activewear, and the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to all of us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes, which I love. Feel good about shopping with them. Now, again, I got those polos, but I also got some shorts, some t-shirts, just some basics that I can wear year-round. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash iconic for free shipping on your order and 300 65 day returns. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash iconic to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash iconic. Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. 
That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. All right, I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like I love checking out real estate listings, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was a pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. And we're back. Ooh, a lot going on. Then we got this scene at Villa Rosa. This was an extra long episode too, wasn't it? We've been getting extra long episodes week after week, and I, for one, am thankful. Anyway, we learned that Rosé the Pony died. Now, was this the pony that Lisa got on The Real Houses of Beverly Hills? Remember she went to Columbus with Lisa Rinna? The ghost of Lisa Rinna was really haunting this week's episode of Vanderpump Rules because not only do I believe that that was the pony that she got with Rinna, which, like, what the fuck was that? Can we talk about that for 45 minutes? What the fuck was that, you guys? Remember when she went on a trip to Ohio to get a pony with Lisa Rinna? The thought of those two on a plane to Ohio it just it brings a shiver up my spine, truly. As a fellow Ohioan myself, I can't imagine those two traveling to my home state to get a pony. and Or was, was it a different pony? I can't remember all the fucking ponies we've seen. So forgive me if I'm mixing up the ponies that Lisa Vanderpump has gotten for her house. But I do feel bad. She loves those animals. And so, I honestly, I get really worked up emotionally every time that we find out that one of Lisa's animals died because I know how much the animals mean to her. But at Lisa Rinna, speaking of uh, Rinna, she was later on in the episode. So LVP sits down with Garcelle. And there was a flashback to Lisa Rinna on The Real Houses of Beverly Hills premiering her rosé line. And I could not believe that they showed that because it had really nothing to do with the episode of Vanderpump Rules. And I know it was an extra long episode, so they probably were trying to cut things, right? Like, Or were they trying to add things? So do you think that scene was added? Anyway, it didn't make any sense to me that Lisa Rinna was on this, other than everybody just wanted to throw her under the bus. And so when I... <laughs> <laughs> when I saw Garcelle and LVP sitting down and just shading Lisa Rinna's rosé, which, again, all of the alcohols that any of these people have ever released are essentially glorified piss water. I'm sorry. I've tried them all, and it's piss water. Every last one, allegedly. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't get mad at me. But when Garcelle was like, Lisa, you have the best rosé ever, she was saying to Lisa Vanderpump when they sat down at pump. And I was like, Garcelle, you need to cool it. You need to cool it because there's no way that is the best rosé ever, unless you've never had any other ones. Because there's, and I know that was just Garcelle's way of shading Lisa Renna. And I actually haven't tried the Renna rosé, but I would bet my bottom dollar, like Annie in the movie Annie, that it's not good because none of them are good. 
They put their name on it and they make a fee. And then they always say in interviews, like, oh, I worked so hard on this alcohol brand. And it's like, no, you didn't. It's like when they, the people do the, the celebrities do the fragrance line. Like, I formulated this from the ground up. And it's like, you're bullshitting us. You did nothing. They sent you three options and you picked one. Like, that's how I feel happens with these alcohols. And I hate to do a blanket statement, but they all taste like piss water. Every last one. Every last food product that any of these people on Bravo has ever released. And we all fool, we fall for it every time. I've bought cases of Ramona Pinot Grigio. I've bought cases of a Skinny Gal. Skinny Gal, remember back in the day when Skinny Gal would come out with a new flavor? And it'd be like White Cosmo Cranberry. I'd like run up to the Target, and I was like, I gotta try that. And then I'd put, it, put, the, put the bottle against my lips, and I'm like, oh, I'm drinking piss water. Might as well be in a Porto John, because that's what I'm drinking, because none of them taste good. And so sometimes you trick ourselves too. By the way, we like these people so much sometimes that we convince ourselves, oh, that's great. There's been times where I've convinced myself like, oh, that's that Skinny Gale product is delicious. And then I think back and I'm like, not really. Like Luann, not really. Luann, speaking of, she came out with the non-alcoholic piss water. And if I'm drinking piss water, the least I want is for it to get me drunk. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but who wants a non-alcoholic rosé from a housewife? If you're not drinking alcohol, you better go grab a Sprite or something, or uh, O'Doul's, or what's that non-alcoholic alcohol? Like, grab something else on the market. I'm not sure that I'd want a Luann non-alcoholic drink, because at least the other ones, at least Rinna Rosé and the Vanderpump Rosé, at least those are getting you drunk, so you don't know what's going on or what you're drinking. But a non-alcoholic one, how much can you drink of that? I mean, that's a bold move, Luann. Bold move to come out with a non-alcoholic housewife drink. Anyway, God bless. I wish them all the best, and I hope they're all doing well. <laughs> hope they're all... If any of them listen to this podcast, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's all legend. Okay, so the pony passed. God bless. Uh, LVP was in her movie theater at first, which I never saw before. It's like, what's this place? I, I, sometimes you're in a new environment that you've been a million times, but there's like a new area to the environment. I'm like, I've never seen that movie theater. I don't think maybe was there one time they were watching dancing with the stars. Remember when Lisa Vanderpump was on it on Beverly Hills housewives. Maybe I'm making that up. My brain is all over the place today. Anyway, she sits the toms down and they talk about not being able to open in time. Schwartz reveals that Sandoval he doesn't always have his heart and soul into this restaurant because he's doing band practice and he's going to get manicures. And Tom Sandoval says, well, look, I got to have my, I got to have my grippers done. He says, I can't be in public having chipped grippers. And I'm thinking to myself, well, you, you better be in public with chipped grippers because you need to open that restaurant on time. And so here you are complaining in every scene that you can't open on time and people are quitting left and right. And then you're going to get your grippers done at the manicures. Uh, uh-uh. uh. Not acceptable. Not And Schwartz finally called him out on it. But it's unacceptable. And you don't need them grippers done. I mean, you could just, you don't need to have them painted. You don't need to have those grippers painted. They're always painted that, like, uh, whiteout color. And I'm like, he needs to get a different color for them grips because I'm tired of looking at them. And maybe that's just because I don't like that man right now. But I certainly don't need him to be going to get them grips done. Uh-uh. Unacceptable, especially when you got to, and then you're blaming everybody else. Blaming the booth guy for quitting, and you're blaming the kitchen for not getting the meals right. And I'm thinking, get out of the pedicurist or manicurist, and forget about your grips, and finally go to the restaurant that you're supposed to be open, and maybe to open on time. Ugh, that man. Anyway, then we see Tom and Ariana. There's this whole thing about 
Ariana froze the eggs two years ago. And I know that people are not going to understand this. I get what she's saying, but I know people are going to twist this whole thing. What she's saying is she wants to have options. for. She doesn't want her biological clock telling her what she can and can't do. So she is saying, I want to have options. So she's not saying necessarily that she wants to have kids. She's not necessarily saying she doesn't. She's saying she always, at least this is how I took it, she always knew that she didn't want kids. But she also doesn't want to behold them because obviously as humans, we change our minds sometimes. So I totally got what she was saying. And I also understood Tom taking that the wrong way because I think Tom in his brain thought, oh, she wants to do this? Then I guess that's leaving the door open for kids. But I wish she would have said at this point, we probably shouldn't go through with this because I'm fucking your friend Rachel, right? Like that's the moment to do it. I don't know where in the timeline we are at this moment. But it seems to me, as a human, that maybe he should have at this point when he sat down with Ariana and she was saying, hey, can you get healthy because we got to do this egg thing? Maybe he should have said, oh, by the way, I'm fucking your friend. Like We probably shouldn't go through with this. Probably shouldn't spend the money. Should spend uh, anything else, especially because he's having money issues with that Schwartz and Sandy's restaurant because can't open on time because he's getting his uh, grippers done. And so maybe... At that point, would have been a good opportunity. The door was open for him to say, oh, gosh, Ariana, by the way, I'm so sorry. I've been like fucking your friend behind your back for a bunch of months. And so maybe we shouldn't spend the money and go through this very intimate process that a couple goes through. And yet he didn't. He didn't. Ugh. And I bet you. He also says to Ariana, he's like, you're always mad at me and you're confronting me and stuff like that. And I think what he likes about Rachel, and this is just my guess, is obviously that she just says whatever he wants to hear. She just agrees with everything he says. And I bet you he likes that, right? That's something narcissists like. They just want you to agree with everything they say. And so she probably never argues with him. He, She probably never confronts him about anything. And so, yeah, he don't like that Ariana disagrees with him at times. And I also kind of felt like he was just creating a fight to get out of the relationship. But again, grow up and say, hey, I've been cheating with your friend. Like, maybe we shouldn't be in a relationship. Instead of just trying to pick a fight or say, you never agree with me, like, just come on. Come on. I hate that man. Do you see, by the way, Ariana went to Coachella. She was posting with this new guy. He's like a trainer. Very hot guy. And I don't know what the situation is with the two of them, but I am I'm excited about the possibilities. Good for her. Uh, anyway, then we cut to Pump. This is a scene with Garcelle and Oliver. We didn't even get to the Oliver. Oh, my God. We haven't even gotten to any of the Oliver stuff for 46 minutes into this episode. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, we, Oliver. Now, Oliver made out with Rachel back in Vegas when they were at that pussy club, or whatever the fuck it was called. Excuse the language. That's the name of the club. Which, by the way, we haven't even also talked about Vegas hosting BravoCon this year. Ah, oh, you guys, so much is going on. There's a lot going on. Vegas is where BravoCon's going to be this year at the beginning of November. I hope to go. I love Vegas, so I'm hoping to go this year. I missed last year and I was devastated about it. So hopefully Bravo, call me if you need me to host something or do something. I'm there. Uh, but they made out at the Pussy Club in Las Vegas. And what happened in Vegas didn't stay in Vegas because Oliver went back to this wife. At the time, they weren't, I guess, the wife is saying that they hooked up that night and... The wife is pissed because she's I'm still with this man. And although Oliver is saying they were separated, it's very unclear. And they all should have been clear. They all should have been clear. And honestly, I understand the idea of like, they were separated, so it's okay to make out. 
And I don't mean to judge, although that's what this whole podcast is, is me judging, right? Then what's what we're doing here. And I kind of feel, and this might be a little bit uh, too buttoned up of me or conservative of me, but I feel like you should, if somebody's married, I just wouldn't want to make out with them, right? Like, I, even if they said, oh, we're separated or something, I still sort of feel like you should just wait. Like, I would just be like, oh, call me when you're done. Like, I'm not sure I want to get involved in that mess. Because when people are divorcing from a marriage, and especially when there's kids involved, like, things get too uh, murky. And so I just wouldn't want to get involved. I'd be like, call me, Oliver, when you're done. And then, yeah, then we'll, I'll suck your duck in the spy closet, right? Ladies, am I right? But otherwise, I'd say, call me later. Like, I'm not interested because there's too much mess, too much craziness. I love how I just said oh, my point of view might be too conservative, and then I talked about sucking someone's dick in a supply closet. <laughs> oh, goodness. You ladies know what I'm talking about. Uh, okay, so then, uh, yeah, the Oliver of it all. And Garcelle, I love seeing her on Vanderpump Rules. Anyway, they throw Lisa Rinna under the bus. And then LVPS Oliver, if he likes Rachel, he says yes, and that he's separated uh, rated from his wife. LVP was really fun in this scene. I think she's having a great season. Great season, easy breezy, fun, loving her, loving her. Then we see everyone getting ready for Lala's birthday. James and Allie, this is where Allie reveals that she saw Sandoval and Rachel dancing at the Abbey at 1 a.m. Then we see Rachel's apartment with Shishi and Brock. Rachel reveals that she got a message from Oliver's wife. And then Brock says, I think Brock's like, you should call. I was happy for Brock. Brock really... And, and she, she's on the wrong side of history in this season. And so I feel bad that she's probably watching these episodes and being like, oh my God, how cringe. But I did appreciate that Brock, I think, was the one who said, was he the one who said? Somebody was like, you need to call her like before you're going on a date because this was the night that Rachel was supposed to go on a date with him. Anyway, then we see, uh, oh, let's talk about the Sheena and the word mistress of it all. Sheena says she, she has been a mistress for 17 years, ever since the Brainy Glanville stuff. And she said, when you're labeled a mistress, you're always going to be a labeled a mistress. People are always going to call you that on the streets. And I felt bad for Shishi. Although, you just shouldn't make out with her or sleep with married people. And maybe just check. Maybe just check a quick... Obviously, it's important to do two things. Get consent from the person you're about to hook up with. And then also, maybe just figure out if they're in a long-term relationship. Quick. Quick little survey. Not saying you got to do a whole uh, research paper, but I am saying that maybe you could quickly say like, hey, are you married? And then if they say yes, you say, I'm going to move on to somebody who's not. I'm going to find me a young gentleman like this man named Satchel. Satchel's a gold, 25 years old, and go for that. And by the way, I'm happy that Katie is with the Satchels of gold because she says his dick works, and I'm proud of that. I'm happy for her because we know in the relationship with Schwartz, Shula Schwartz, it was a problem. And so I'm happy for Satchels of Gold. I mean, a 25-year-old. That's the one thing, though, 25-year-old. I mean, Katie is probably tired at this point because that man, 25-year-old man, I don't know if you know this, but they it can be a lot. It can be a lot. And so I'm happy for her. And also, I bet she's tired. Okay, uh, then we see the Oliver and Raquel date. She blames him, and Oliver says he didn't sleep with the wife right after Rachel it was a few days after that or something. And she's like, it wasn't prepared. It wasn't presented to me that you were married, which is not fair. She said to him in that voice of hers. 
And I thought, well, what's your excuse for Sandoval? She ended up leaving and trans- making this big statement, this big stink, like, I didn't know you were married, Oliver. How could you not present it to me that way? And I'm like, you know what, Rachel? You know what was presented to you in the right way? The fact that Ariana and Tom were in a relationship and you didn't give a fuck about that. I mean, come on. Shut the f- up. I mean, the fact that she was on the high horse, on the high horse with Oliver, and meanwhile, she's doing Sandoval. It's just, it's just gross. And then she texts Rachel, or she texts Shishi, and she's like, I'm coming to Lala's birthday. And she shows up, and Lala says to her, what's up, mistress? Now, again, Lala oftentimes does too much. She does too much, and this season would have looked totally different. So although I'm loving Lala this season, I probably wouldn't have, but I am loving her. Patterns and all. And Rachel pulls Lala aside for her, and she says, I want to apologize for calling you a mistress. I want to apologize for calling you a mistress. And Lala says, because you're one? And I was like, Lala, be nice, sir, even though I hate Rachel. Then she said, yeah, I had no idea. And then I didn't realize how easily a man could mislead you. And then Lala said something very insightful. She said, the woman always takes the brunt of it. These dudes get away with murder. And it is disgusting. And I do want to just remind everything iconic listeners that we are more upset with Tom Sandoval, I believe, than we are at Rachel. So I just want to make that clear. That man is a demon. And we need to be more mad at him. And the men on these shows, I've always said, the men get away with murder on this show. The women are always painted out to be the villains. And yet, Rachel is also a villain here. I don't want us to forget that either. Okay, then uh, Lala and Rachel make up. They hug. Rachel apologizes. Katie then... Uh, talks uh, to Sandoval. Katie and Sandoval had this very interesting thing. Katie says to Sandoval, you get a lot of joy out of Raquel, too. You were at the Abbey at 1 a.m. Oh, and then it ends. It ends next time we see them playing football on the beach. Did anyone notice the coming attractions? I, I don't mean to stretch this up, but the coming attractions for next week's episode of Vanderpump Rules was funny to me because... I felt like it was like three minutes of them playing football on the beach. It just, (laughs) they also showed a fight that people get in and there was James versus Schwartz and Sandoval and Rachel's stuff happening. But in the preview, it just felt like we were seeing like a lot of football on the beach to me. It's just like 45 second preview of them playing football on the beach. And then we got into the drama and it was just uh, funny to me. Anyway, that's the episode of Vanderpump Rules. We didn't even get into Jersey yet. We didn't even get into Jersey. Shall we talk Jersey? love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made 
for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y, dot com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Jersey time. All right, this Laura woman. This Laura woman has replaced Danielle's brother as the person who's talked about the most on The Real House of New Jersey, despite never appearing on screen. And if we're going to talk about her so much, this Laura, who was friends with Margaret, get her mic'd up. Back in the day on Jersey, this never would have happened. They would have mic'd up. When they were talking about Kim D or Kim G or anybody else, they mic'd him up and sent everyone off to the posh fashion show. And we got to see the piece of shit, Cocor, whatever they called. And uh, so, look, mic him up. If we're going to talk about Laura, I mean, come on. And by the way, while we're here, get Kim D over there. Kim D always spice things up. And the fact that they're not bringing Kim D back or Kim G or any of these people, I mean, despite the fact that this season's a big old flop. Although, look, I say it's a big old flop season. However, I did really love this episode. I love them in Ireland. I'm feeling refreshed. I love that we're not getting the scenes with the men while they're in Ireland. I love when they had fun and they were drinking and they were boozing at the pub and they were just drinking, chugging them beers and Jackie and Fessler had just like all that foam over their mouths. Like I loved all of that. I was having so much fun. Although even when they're having fun, I, I don't feel like this cast has chemistry. And we talk about chemistry on this show a lot. And I just feel like this cast has zero chemistry, but I did have fun when they were just had the foam all over the mouth and even Jennifer Aiden was chugging a Guinness. Loved it. I loved it. I having fun. And it lasted too little. It la- there was even a moment where Dolores fist pumped or fist bumped Jackie, and I had the chills. Damn. Dolores f- fist bumping Jackie was just not because those two have always had a, a tense relationship, and so seeing them, seeing them fist bump. But we were just getting somewhere. I felt like we were just having fun. They were at the pub having a good time. And then they get on the Sprinter van and I'm thinking, okay, they're drunk and on a Sprinter van. I'm ready for things to happen. I got my popcorn out. I'm at the edge of my seat. I'm ready for everything to happen. And then guess what happens? They all take a fucking nap. That's what happened on the Sprinter van. Disgusting. Somebody wake them up. What are we on? Summer house? Get them some uh, espresso martini. Get them something caffeinated. And uh, get them, waking them up on the Sprinter van. The driver, I don't know, could they run over some potholes or something? They were all sleeping on the Sprinter van. Sprinter vans were all the action happens. And yet here on Jersey, they're just taking naps. Unacceptable. Unacceptable to me. You do not do production. I'm not sure what you got to do. Get a, get a horn or get an air horn or run over some potholes or whatever you got to fucking do in Ireland to wake these women up. Because we were just getting somewhere. And then you're taking a nap. And what is that about? And I bet you, I actually blame Summerhouse for this. I blame all of the cast of Summerhouse for sleeping through that show. And now all the other people on Bravo are watching Summerhouse and they're thinking, oh, look, those people on Summerhouse get a paycheck and all they do is fucking nap. 
And so now everybody then probably thinks they could just nap on camera. And you're on camera filming a TV show. You wake up. I'm sorry. This is getting out of control, Bravo. If all of our shows are just going to show people sleeping, then we got to do something. I, you know, in Vegas, we talk about Vegas. You know how they pump that those hotels with oxygen to keep everybody awake so that they gamble more? That's what we're going to have to start doing. Production, I mean, you'd, the cameras to just start spewing out some oxygen or whatever effect they do in Vegas to keep these people up. Because now they're all resting on their laurels. And by resting, I mean they're sleeping on camera, and it's unacceptable. I do not care for it, just sleeping in a Sprinter bus, Sprinter van. You know who wouldn't sleep in a Sprinter van? Jen Shah. You know who wouldn't sleep in a Sprinter van? The cast of the Orange County Housewives, the OGs, Tamara Barney Judge, Vicky Gunvalson. They would not be sleeping in a Sprinter van. They'd be yelling, fuck you in each other's faces like we saw them do in Ireland. And yet here in Jersey, just taking naps, just taking a nap. I was disgusted, disgusted by it. We're having so much fun. So much fun. Then they're sleeping at the Haunted Mansion. And they're all, that house, that Haunted Mansion. Melissa said she had to take down some of the pictures from the wall. <laughs> oh, she's like, I can't look at that. It's too scary. And I got it. I got it. But uh, the next day after they go to sleep again, they got home, go to sleep. The other thing, too, the New York women wouldn't do this either. The New York women, they're up late. They're up late. And I'm not sure why, although I have my... I have my theories as to how those women stay up late. But I think the Jersey Housewives need to take a page from the New York women where they stay up and film and get drunk and have fun together instead of just going to sleep. And I know there's time differences and stuff too. In people, you get jet lagged. But listen, normal people get jet lagged. I don't want my reality stars getting jet lagged. I don't care what you got to do. You wake up. I get it. For In real life, yes, you get jet lagged and you go to bed. You go to bed early when you're somewhere. But not on the reality shows. It's unacceptable. You guys are getting a paycheck for that. You wake up, you're on the clock. I'm sorry to be so aggressive about this, but you are on our clock. And so you wake up. Then uh, they talk, they argue. And there's a lot of these arguings that I don't even understand. Like, there's this rat thing between Rachel and Danielle. But Danielle, I don't know how many more times I could say this, but like Danielle just disengages too early. And that's frustrating to me. She needs to wake up even when she's awake in the scenes because I feel like she starts. we start to get somewhere with Danielle and I have such high hopes for her. And then somebody confronts her about something and she just she just stops and she leaves the scene or she shuts down. And I want to root for her, but it's like, do something. And then I don't even understand Jen Fessler. I mentioned earlier how easy breezy she seems and how she seems so vulnerable. And they had that one beautiful scene in the sprinter van where they were talking about infidelity and who would stay with whom. And, and Jen opened up about her marriage and how the guy cheated and then they broke up and then they got back together. And it was this beautiful, like I felt a really realistic reality scene, like the days of yore, like the days of housewives yore where I felt like we were getting a realistic scene and then I thought it was beautiful. But Jen Fessler, I feel like, has been so honest and open, and I don't understand why she's a friend of, and the other two are main housewives. I don't know what the, that is, because I'm loving Jen Fessler. Give her give her a tomato for the opening credits, because she's a main cast member, if I ever saw one. And I don't understand the reasoning behind it. The other two are just shutting down, and they're not engaging like the way that they should be engaging. But I love that scene, and I felt bad for Jen Fessler saying the husband. How dare he? They separated them. She found a new man, and then she went back. She's vulnerable, funny, and real. I'm just loving it. And then Dolores, too, was opening up about how – and we've heard this story before, but she was nine months pregnant with a three-year-old when Frank Sr. cheated on her. Just disgusting. I mean, there's 
the fact that we're all, I know people like Frank Sr., but every time I'm reminded of this, the fact that Dolores, the wife, nine months pregnant, had a three-year-old, and he's going around cheating. I mean, just disgusting. Just disgusting. Then the van ride was just great, though. And then the tides turn when somebody asks about the daughters. The daughters. And I know I said on this show that I want to hear from all the daughters. And if the daughters are going to be a part of this series, then we either need to hear from them or we need to cut this footage out. And I understand what Melissa's saying, like, don't bring up the daughters and I'm not going to engage. She says, you be that aunt. You be that aunt. And, but I think they, I don't know. know. Who cares about any of this? There was a cat. There was a um, Rosie and Kathy flashback of that scene where (laughs) here's the other issue. They'd flashback to the scene with Kathy and Rosie and Melissa had brought it up about how Teresa had said to them, we're cutting out the cancer. And so I felt like Melissa was throwing Teresa under the bus for saying you cut out Kathy and Rosie. But then I'm thinking, but you guys also, they're also your family. And from everything that I've heard in interviews and stuff, they don't have a relationship with Kathy and Rosie either. So isn't everybody doing it? So you're all in the wrong. And I don't know. But I, I understood Melissa sort of snapping and saying like, okay, she seemed done. Melissa seemed done for the first time. And I get that because it's just, we're in this hamster wheel. It's not going nowhere. And she don't want to bring the daughters into it. And so it's like, where do we go from here? Because Melissa is over it just as the viewers are, just as the viewers are over it. So we either, uh, something big needs to happen next season. I don't know. I can't give one more thought about the Melissa and Teresa of it all because I don't even care anymore. And I could pretend to care, but I honestly don't. So something needs to change. And honestly, the new people need to, they need to bump it up. All of them need to just get a little get in the mix more because it seems like if we had other things going on, then maybe the Melissa Teresa of it all wouldn't be a big deal. But Jennifer Aiden does call Jackie a booger wolf, which I've never heard before. And Melissa said it sounded like a booger on a wolf. (laughs) Oh, that made me laugh. Sounds like a booger on a wolf. And I love Jennifer Aiden. I do. But sometimes she gets lost trying to produce the show. And at least she's giving us something. At least she's giving us something. Anyway, the episode ends with Jen Fuzzler, Jen Fessler's bubbies out. And they're all sitting around. Next week, we get them catching cock. They're catching some um, chickens. And they're putting chickens on their heads. They're putting, take it off your head, Jill. Take it off your head. They're putting chickens on their head. And I don't know that that's necessary. I wouldn't put a chicken on my head. I'm sorry. I don't care if I'm traveling. I'm not putting poultry on my head. I'm not putting it on my head. I saw in the preview for next week, they put a chicken on their head. And it's just not for me. I I would just say, even if a producer or something, and if I was a cast member on one of these shows, of course, you want to give a good show. And I'm certain that the producers come up to them time after time and say, hey, we need you to do this for the show, right? It's like acting on, on some level. I know this is real life, but then producers also need to make a good TV show. So it probably happens all the time on all of these shows where a producer comes up to one of them, one of the gals, and says, hey, I need you to do this for the camera. And I would imagine that a producer came up to them and said, hey, you got to put this chicken on your head. And I'm sorry, I wouldn't be putting a chicken on my head. I just would say, no, I draw the line there. I'll fight with my sister-in-law. I will do whatever it takes to put on a good show, except for putting a poultry on my fucking head. Come on, you're just going to put a chicken on your head? What is that about? I don't even like it. You know, when you go on these vacations, you go on a, a cruise, or I remember going to Myrtle Beach as a kid. We would go to Myrtle Beach, and you'd go at Broadway at the beach or uh, the boardwalk, and you'd be shopping the shops, and there'd always, without fail, always be someone with some exotic birds, and you would take a picture. They'd five, ten dollars take a picture with some bird, and you got to put it on your head. And I, even as a young child, I thought, I'm not doing that. 
There's no fucking way I'm putting a bird on my head or on my arm. You just don't know with animal, wild animals, I'm sorry, even domesticated ones, you just can't trust them fully. And I know this whole episode, I feel like, is about not trusting animals. And I love, I'm an animal lover myself, but I just don't think that birds were meant to be taken photos of or chickens were meant to be put on your heads. It's just not what God intended. And so the fact that people on a vacation in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, are putting these animals to take pictures, I, even at a very young age, I thought, I'm not doing that. Um, I took a big, hard stand. And when everyone else was doing that, when my brothers were doing it or whoever we were with in Myrtle Beach were taking pictures with the birds on the boardwalk, I'd say, I'm going to be over here in the corner reading my Kathy comic, trying to do a magic eye, because there's no way that I'm putting one of these animals, a bird yet, I don't trust a bird at all, at all. And they're all the same. I mean, the poultry, uh, chickens, and the birds at Myrtle Beach, like you just don't, I don't fuck with them. I don't fuck with them. And so, and, and that's actually, I say that out of respect to the birds, because the birds don't want to be doing that. They just want to have a good life. They just want to fly around and be free. And yet they got to take pictures of some tourists in Myrtle Beach wearing a puka shell necklace. I mean, come on. They do not want to be doing that. 1993 birds certainly did not want to be taking photos on a boardwalk with some tourists from Ohio. Nuh-uh. Nuh-uh. And guess what? 2023 birds don't want to be uh, popping up on Margaret's uh, head to take a photo for the Real House of New Jersey right? They want to be sitting in them chicken coops and producing eggs, not having to go on uh, Rachel Fuda Fuda's head and take a photo for Bravo audiences. And so I would have drawn the line and said, nope, no foul on my fucking head. I'll go eat a chicken sandwich at McDonald's before I'm going to put a bird on my fucking head. I mean, what is that about? Putting a bird on the head? That's next week though. So we haven't even gotten there next week. But I'm, it's unacceptable. Anyway, I love you all so much for listening. That was a long-ass episode. We had a lot to catch up on. Jersey was a little short. I know people are, we're not covering Jersey as much because there's nothing else I got to fucking say about the show because it's the same storyline week after week. Although I did. Again, I'm loving them in Ireland. Loving them in Ireland. But I don't have, I can't, I'm just, if I were to go longer, I'd just repeat my thoughts over and over again. I'd say the same thing over and over again. So anyway, thank you all so much for listening. By the way, we just had a record month at Everything Iconic. March was the biggest month I've ever had on Everything Iconic. Most downloads ever. It's just insane to me. So all the new listeners, welcome. I love you. Thank you. And thank you for sharing. And thank you for just coming along on this journey. And again, thank you to everyone who came out to the live shows. We had the best time. I really had so much fun. And I was so nervous, but excited. And it was just a blast. We had fun. And we were calling it Sister Circle. So uh, we just had a good time. We had a good time in that sister circle. Anyway, let's uh, let's just uh, take a deep breath in because we like to do these cheesy little cool downs and hold it. Breathe out. And if you're listening, take another deep breath in. Just relax. Hold it, relax, and breathe out. And just um, have a good day. Know that I love you. Spread some love and some joy. And if you're one of the people traveling and there's some craziness, chaos going on, just try to remember to be nice to the gate agents, the flight attendants. And I know it's hard. I, I say that as someone who struggles with that myself because it's a stressful time and everyone's anxieties are high when you're traveling. But try to be nice to the people who don't have any control over it. And be respectful on these planes and in these airports. Be respectful of other people and try to get out of your own bratty little head. And that's a reminder of myself too. You just got to get out of your own little head. There was also this social media thing where somebody, 
I, I didn't even read it. Somebody's kid was throwing popcorn and they were mad that they had to clean up the popcorn or something. I didn't read the ins and outs of it. So I don't know exactly what happened, but it's just a reminder to us all to be respectful to people in all of these public spaces, but especially on a plane, because I can only imagine these gate attendants and shit. They probably get, they probably get so many mean people coming up to them because we're all mad, especially when something's delayed or something. I can only imagine. How, what their whole day is spent, uh, people yelling at them because they're mad the flight's delayed. Meanwhile, it's like the flight attendants can't control the plane. They can't control when the pilots show up or not. So anyway, just be nice and respectful. I love you all so much for listening. Bye-bye. Yeah.